Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in late mid-October 2022. And welcome to episode 90. We're at 90. <laughs> episode 90. What manipulatives are you using? 90? 90. We better like plan something special for 100. Yeah. We'll have to think of something. I know. And and listeners, you can give us some ideas too, okay? Because sometimes we're like, what should we talk about? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, tweet at us. Tweet at us and give us some ideas. What do you want us to talk about? Let us know. First, we want to give a shout out to a new listener who posted a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Woohoo! I was so excited to see this. It is from Teach Little Ones, and she said, amazing. I recently came upon this podcast, and I can't get enough. Thank you for all your insights. You are making me think after 24 years in education and eight years as a math specialist. Yay. Oh, yay. So amazing. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And 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 thank you for for posting and for leaving leaving a review. We'd like to hear from you guys, from from the listeners, to know that what we talk about is relatable and that other people are getting stuff from our conversation. It's what we always figured, Laura, when we sat in your car and and talked. We (laughs) figured that other teachers could benefit from our conversations as well because it was just so pressing in our minds, right? And we were just frustrated and venting that frustration. When we when we would discuss, but it's always nice to hear that others are getting something out of our conversations. And we love to connect with everyone on Twitter too. But when we get a review on Apple Podcasts, we're like, (laughs) yes. I was literally screaming, teach little ones. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You made our day. You made our day. Okay. I have a reflection for this week. Do you? I can't wait. No, I have good news though. So. Okay. I have good news too. Well, my reflection for this week is when we were talking in our after party with our book club people a week or so ago, and it got me reminding me that I have to plan a family math night (laughs) for this December. And um, yeah, I got to get on that. And my other one was my, you know, real reflection is that I promised the parents that I would redo the adding parents to the equation book club, but in the mornings. (sighs) Yeah, I'm... you know, looking at my schedule, it might have to be Monday mornings. That's the only morning that I don't have like something. I, something I don't know. Going on. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure this out because I also do the morning news in our studio till eight o'clock. So right. it might have to be like an eight to nine kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to think about that one. All right. Share your good news first. I'm I, while I was in my classroom, I was really excited. Uh, we were going over area uh, with decimals. And you know, in fifth grade, this is where I blow little minds because this is the first time that they've seen that a product can be less than its factors. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, that's a big one. That's a big 
That's a big, that's a big one. You know why? Because they've always been told when yes. you multiply, the yes. product is bigger. You know, yes. It, yes. multiplication those- makes things bigger. And that's one of the rules that expires. Yes. It's one of those, one of those from 13 rules. So anyway, so we went through all that and, and they were confused and I could see it in their faces that they just weren't understanding. And I said, all right. So it was the end of my lesson and the end of our, we, you know, I, I gave them time with manipulatives to explore. So it was really a whole exploration kind of lesson, you know, the things that I do at the beginning, but I didn't do a white book a task that day because mm-hmm. I wanted them to touch, play, right? Figure out Discover. what, how, yes, exactly. How can we represent a multiplication equation using manipulatives, any kind of manipulatives, anything, color tiles, base 10 blocks. So we'll talk more about that in the episode, but I could see they were confused at the end. So I'm trying to consolidate. And I said to them, all right, let's just, let's just, let me, let me just see how you're feeling. Who, who's confused? Cause I can tell you're confused. And one hand went up, two hands, three hands. And they started, I, more hands started going up once they started to see that they read the room that a lot of hands were going up, right? And I said, good, you're supposed to be confused. <laughs> and they all looked at me. Why would a teacher want me to be, like, really, they were shocked that I was pleased. I'm like, I'm so glad that you're confused because you can't learn anything unless you're confused. You have to get through the confusion so that you can understand, but you have to be confused. Learning is messy. It's not always easy. You have to, you have to think and you will be confused. And one, one of my students looked at me and said, you want me not to understand it? (laughs) And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I, because I want you to, to go through this part here so you can get to the other side so that you can understand it more deeply. You, you have to be confused. He's like, well, he's like, I don't know about that, Mrs. Cousins. But that's where, but I was so, I was so happy. So, you know, it's an important conversation to have. If you haven't had that with students, give them an opportunity to be confused and then see what happens. I have to piggyback off of what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. I don't even know if I've told you this. I don't even know if I've said it on the podcast. You're going to have to (laughs) tell me if I did. One of our friends who went to NCSM and NCTM annual conference that- yeah. We're, I'm telling you, we have to go next year. Okay. Yes. But I think they said it was Dan Meyer that said this. So if I'm giving credit to Dan and it's not Dan, somebody needs to let me know. But that there are no mistakes and misconceptions. There's only takes and conceptions. Did I tell you that part? Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. I think you did say it actually on, on, two or three podcast episodes ago, but it's worth repeating. Listen, that's a good one. Yes. I said that. At the PD that I gave the teachers a couple weeks yes. ago. And that, I think it blew some of their minds, but it also gave a lot of them that have such math anxiety relief to be like, yeah. oh, so I'm going to just take some of this learning. It's not a mistake. Yeah, I, I got it wrong, but let me use what I know conceptually about this conception and it's not a misconception. I'm taking something that I know and I'm applying, trying to apply it to something else. And eventually I'll get it, right? Exactly. Oh my exactly. God. Exactly. Yes. Well, my good news, I, I have to just share. Steve Wyborny, you know we love you so, so much. 
And this year's Wonder Wednesday, I've been using stuff from Estimation Clipboard from Steve Wyborny, and I will put that all in the show notes for everybody because he is amazing. Uh, yes. I finally, finally took what Graham said, Fletcher, and gave the kids a range. Okay. Woohoo. So this year, instead of saying, you know, about how many, whatever, glass gems are in the vase, it's that's still the same question, but instead of just leaving it completely open-ended, because I would get so many wild things from the kids for the yeah. previous years, I would put one to 10 glass gems, 11 to 20 glass gems, whatever, you know, however many I, sometimes I'm giving them four choices. Sometimes I'm giving them six choices. So thank you for putting that out there. I just want to say for my good news that I've had more participation in this year's Wonder Wednesday. And I think it's because of that. Yeah. It's opportunities to just figure out the range instead of an absolute. Maybe it's, do you think it's more accessible? Yes. And especially for the littles, you know, I tell the, the K2 teachers and actually the second grade teachers, the kids are doing it on their own now, but the K1, like bring it up, have a discussion, look at what last week's number was and, and let's see how many were in there. Okay. Is it greater? Is it less? I'm trying to let them use math vocabulary that kids need to know anyways. Right. So if the answer was 34 last week, And we see that it's greater than the amount last week. Well, can it be 11 to 20? Can it be, right, to try to have all these rich mathematical discussions with Wonder Wednesday? That's my, that's my hope that I think is happening, that I hope is happening, right? Yeah. Well, Ned, sounds like it is. So yay. Good. Okay. Let's get into today's topic, which is what manipulatives are you using? Okay. If you could only have, we didn't discuss this yet. If you could only have one manipulative in your math class, yep. Oh shucks, what would it be? Um, oh, um, <laughs> like it's like what's the most versatile? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. I, I, oh gosh, the reason that I can't answer this is because I feel like my answer should be Cuisinaire rods. Yes, Annalise, I know it should be. Um. And I feel like I'm going to get yelled at because I haven't tried them yet. And neither have um, I. Annalise, we need uh, <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I don't understand. I'm a jumper for everything. Why haven't I jumped into this? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I will on Monday. Maybe that's going to be my thing I jump into. I'm just going to bring them. I'm just going to put them. They're sitting next to my, they're literally sitting next to my desk. Mm-hmm. All I need to do is move them over in front of kids. <laughs> so maybe I'm just going to just jump it, jump in and do it and see what happens. Um, so I feel like my answer should be Cuisinaire rods. I feel like right now in this moment in time, I I, I have to. You're going to say base 10 blocks. I'm going to say that because <laughs> and I'm. And we're in decimals. This is where we are. This yeah. is where we are at this present moment. However, I'm. And here's my hesitation: are, are the color tiles? And I'm going to talk about that. And what did you call them? You called them unit squares. Yes. Well, I recently got this book, Mastering Math Manipulatives: Hands-On and Virtual Activities for Building and Connecting Mathematical Ideas by Sarah Delano Moore and Kimberly Rimby. Haven't opened it yet for the K three. 
But I think I also got the 4.8, which is sitting in my classroom, which I have opened. So I'm going to, I feel like there's a 3.5 one. I've opened one of them and I started reading the beginning. But I really want to get into the K3 one because that's not my wheelhouse, right? Right. And I'm I'm trying to make it, I'm still, listen, we're all learning, right? But yes, uh, the color tiles, they call them unit squares in that book. Mm -hmm. And I'll link that in the show notes so everyone can see the book and order it if they want. I think right now where I am in in it right now currently in the unit that I'm teaching and everything that we're doing I think I have to go with base 10 blocks Mm -hmm. but it's it's a very close I mean the two other ones that I want to talk about today are very close second what about you what would be your well again whom it's who am I dealing with right if I'm dealing with the littles right now it's the connecting cubes right the linking snap cubes but if I'm talking about you know third grade, I would definitely say color tiles because they're in making a raise right now and pushing it into the area model, right? You know, our district, I think they were saying use the two color counters for a raise. And yes, you can do it. But I personally, I don't like that because then when you push it together, there's gaps there. So it's not true area. And so I want to be able to have the kids make the connection of a raise to area. Yes. So I think for me, it's color tiles, you know, again, yeah. where we're at right now. When we get to geometry, I'd be like, oh, pattern blocks and geometric right. solids, you know, when we're in fractions, I'd say, well, fraction tile. <laughs> right, right. And when we're in volume, let me tell you, those linking cubes are crucial, right? Crucial. Like, Did you get any um, linking cubes in your kit this year? Nope. No. Okay. You're going to have to go borrow some from the littles. All right. But anyway, so let's talk about those ones that are important, the ones that I'm using. I discovered last year fraction overlays. Yeah. And I remember you were so happy you got some oh on my Amazon. God. Oh my gosh. These are fan fantastic. And the kit that I got didn't include decimals, but the teacher next door to me, hers did. So I'm using some of her decimal ones, but I'm also going to be ordering some decimal ones because they're so, they're so, so good. But let me tell you too, if this isn't just for, let me create the area, right? With one, with like five tenths of six tenths, right? It's And you overlap them and you can see the area that's created because one is a transparent one that is yellow and the other one is a back solid decimal model that is blue. And then when you put them together, oh. it creates a green area of the rectangle that you've created. It's not just that. If you place them, so not vertical and horizontal, if you place them both horizontal or you place them both vertically, you'll be able to compare them, right? Compare fraction sizes, compare decimal sizes. Now, right, you can have a conversation with of how do I know that this one is greater than the other one? And there's a visual representation for the kids to actually see. Yes. So good. So good. So not just for area, use it. You can use it for comparing values. I love no that. alligators needed because you can use it. You can just use the model. Use the model. All right. Yes. One resource that I gave to the teachers, the littles, 
this year were these plastic 10 frames and the two color counters that go with it. So it came in a class set. So each each class got one box, which has 20. P.S. Some of our kindergarten classes have 22, 23 in them right now. So I need to make sure I give them some more. But so that the kids can actually manipulate on the 10 frame, right? Yeah. Things that they need to know, right, to make that 10, to make that 20. And one thing that our friend Elise used to do was counting collections using those 10 frames so that the kids could actually put the things on and say, oh, well, here's 10 of this and put 10 of 10 tens together. Oh, there's 100 of this. And of course, this was in the, you know, second, third, fourth grade. Again, I think that's a really valuable manipulative that all the grades can use because even you in fifth grade, you can put one tenth, one tenth, one tenth, one tenth, or, you know, six tenths, six tenths. And so yes. what's six tenths times 10 or yes. what's and they have that times 20, right? They have that in their little math folder that I create for them. We've, we, I have them with like a place value chart and a sheet protector so that we can, and it's like the whole page is just place value so that they can, we can, when we talk about shifting digits times 10 or divided by 10 or times a 10th, they can see how those digits shift. But yes, the 10 frame is so good. I've, I've laminated, like cut them out and laminated them and we use them all the time. It's, it's so helpful. You know, and people, if you haven't, that just, automatically reminded me of Berkeley Everett's math flips. If you have not looked at that site, we are going to put that in the show notes because he has cards that you can print out that have 10 frames, but you know, maybe there's three in each and um, not even through 10, but so that the kids can subitize easier, right? Yeah. Or group things easier. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too. And, and something else to remember with the 10 frame is don't always use it horizontally, yes. flip it, use it vertically, and then you can start to show, especially in the younger grades, you can, I mean, it's, it's great for both, right? It's great for everyone, but especially when you're building that foundation of place value, now you have a 10 frame that starts to look like place value columns, and you can talk about how when you have a full one, you need to shift it over, right? It becomes a different place value. It becomes a different value. Okay, that so, also yeah. that reminds me of James Tanton's exploding dots. Yes, right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll link Absolutely. that in the show notes too. So base 10 blocks also very important especially in 5th grade where now base 10 blocks don't just have a value of 1, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not going to call them the ones cube or the tens cubes or the hundreds cubes, but we're calling them a unit cube or a small cube, a rod, a flat. And today Yes. This represents whatever. Yes. Correct. Right. Today in our math class, this is what it looks like, or this is what it's equivalent to. I want to say something to the teachers of the littles right now, if you don't understand what we're talking about. So if you have base 10 blocks in your classroom and your kids are using them, please don't say the small cube is one, the rod, you know, the, there's 10 attached, that that is 10 and that the flat one is 100. No, that today in your room, you're making that representation because, and I'm just going to give this as an example, when you get to decimals, 
you know, lots of times just for easiness sake, we take the flat and we say, this is worth today. This is worth one hole. And then if that's worth one hole, then what is the rod worth? Oh, it's worth one tenth of that. Right. Then back to the flat. If the flat is worth one hole, what is the small cube worth? It's worth one one hundredth. So please make sure that you're saying things like today, this this small cube is going to represent mm, whatever the mm is. Yep. Yeah, because I actually was having a conversation with a student about this and I said, I can, this is just a model. I can make my model represent whatever I want. If I want that small cube to represent 1 million, it can be 1 million. The important thing is the relationship between the one to the other. So if I have 1 million, what would this rod be? How many of them are there? Well, there's 10. Okay, so this is 10 million. And his eyes got big, right? He's like, whoa, that's 10 million? And I said, yeah. And what do you think this flat would be then? And he was like, I don't know. And I said, 100 million. And he's like, what? Like, that's way too big. And I said, no, because it's it's the relationship between them, right? If this is 1 million, it's all about language. If this is 1 million and there's 10 of them, or there's a hundred of them, now it represents something totally different. So 10 base 10 blocks, very powerful, especially with decimals, especially in, in fifth grade. But it's also, oh gosh, it's it's bringing in all of the CRA things, right? Just bringing in that conversation because again, I've, and I've told you this before, but I saw it again. I've done this previously where I said, what would this look like on one of my modeling days, like Explore? And I said, what would three tenths times four tenths look like? Oh my gosh, Laura, I have had, I had kids literally take three tenths. So what we were using for pushes rods, right? Put them down and then take my color tiles and make an X. Oh, I, I've had the same thing happen. Yep. Oh, no, or they're taking take, two rods and they just oh, yep. make it an X. Make an X and then and then take four rods yep. and put them next to each other and then write, write equals whatever, whatever it was. And the answer was wrong anyway. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> What? What? But that doesn't even make sense. Yep. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, you're not even adding them to create, you know, it would be what? Seven tenths. Or not even adding them. I've had them actually make three out of the base 10 blocks, the rods, the number yeah. three, the digit three, and oh, then gosh. make an X and then put a, make a four out of the, the digit four out of the rods as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just no sense making. None. And then, so along with that, then I also- Wait, what? That means they don't understand- Multiplication. Representation. No, they don't. So maybe that's not the tool for them to use. Maybe that's not the manipulative- so I tried, so I did try. So I, I, I was like, because I gave them up like other opportunities. I gave them other things. So I tried, I put color tiles on because then I said, okay, well, even if they can just model, just show me like three times four, if I'm three tenths times four tenths, just show me three times four. That didn't happen. Not one, not one child did that. And then I had to like go back. I said, don't you remember in third grade when you built arrays? Don't you remember when you no, built areas? They didn't build arrays. Right. Don't you remember when you did this? No. The answer was no. I'm like, okay, so let, let's build it. And then we had a conversation as to how, again, this is just a model. It can represent whatever I want it to. So we're used to seeing it as one length, oh. right? One unit length and one unit there width. There we go. Right? <laughs> I know where you're let, going. 
let's change that up to something different. Let's mm-hmm. make it, what do I need it to be? I need it to be three tenths. How can I make it so that it's three tenths? So instead, my side now is one tenth and one tenth. So it's a one tenth by one tenth. And then what is the area of one? I mean, that was a whole conversation, right? What's the area of one, one whole? That was what I got. I'm like, it can't be one whole if it's one tenth and one tenth. And maybe that's why Sarah and Kimberly call them unit squares. Yes. Yes. Instead that's of what I was thinking. You know, I mean because well, they are one inch square tiles. I mean, I just say color tiles because that's what they look like to me. And that's what it says on the packaging, but I think I'm going to change my language. So thank you, Sarah and Kimberly. I'm going to start saying unit squares. Yeah, I think so too, because again, it's just a model. It can represent whatever you want it to. Exactly. You know, whatever Um, unit you want it to. Exactly. So, so yeah, so that was, that was a whole conversation and that was a whole, which I usually don't do in decimals, I usually wait until fractions. And then I was like, why don't I do it with decimals? Because it's the same thing. You can use it with decimals. Um, so that's been, that. that is where I'm at. <laughs> Trying to connect the concrete, the representation, the abstract, because my students want to go to the abstract right away. And most of them already know it. So why am I going to spend my time teaching them the abstract when they already know it? They, they need the concrete and representational. Listeners, I'm going to put a video in our show notes that is going to link to redefining what it means to be good at math. It's a video that Mike Flynn put out a few years ago. I don't even know how many years ago. And I've actually used this in my PLCs for the past two weeks because once you said about linking the C, the R, the A, the concrete, representational, and abstract, I think that everybody needs to watch this video People, it's eight minutes and 46 seconds, completely worth your time. Share it in your PLCs. All right, we're going to jump to our challenge. We want to know what manipulatives are you using in your math class? You know who I'm most excited to hear from? Middle and high school teachers. Yeah. I want to know. Algebra tiles. I need to learn algebra tiles. I'm very curious because it's, again, it's all area. I'm very curious. I've used them in the past. I've used them in the past and it, you know, use it or lose it. I've lost it. But I do know a few of our friends who could help us out. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learning through math. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.